ACASTCAST. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. What does motion sound like? With Kizik Hands Free Shoes, it sounds a little something like this. Experience the magic of motion. Get a free pair of socks with your first order at kizik.com slash socks. There's a change happening in the way we live, the way we work, the way we spend our money and make our decisions. We are evolving to be more conscious in our actions in a way that serves the world and makes it a better place. Welcome to The Ethical Evolution. The Ethical Evolution podcast is brought to you by the Ethical Change Agency. I'm Bindi, CEO and founder, and I am honoured to bring you the stories of those who create change through paying it forward and giving back. Ethical business owners and holistic healers who are determined to create collective change in the world. Once we have a change in consciousness and through collective change, we can become one. My next guest was another amazing online find who approached me to be on the show. It was a no-brainer that I had to speak to this guy and I am so glad that I did. Terry Earthwind Nichols is the evolutionary healer based in North Carolina, USA. After standing on the edge of a 28-storey building, Terry heard a voice saying, I have something for you to do. Within six months, he'd created a process that helps his clients find a forgotten memory from early childhood that has consistently been controlling their life and driving their behaviours. With RBCR, everything is in its place and one's entire life makes sense for the very first time in a long time. After leading a life of self-sabotage, Terry was relieved to get off the proverbial merry-go-round himself. This is a very moving interview and we do talk about some very deep and heavy subjects like suicide. If you find yourself triggered by this conversation, please get in touch with Lifeline on 13 11 14. Thank you, Terry, for joining us in the Ethical Evolution. I am so glad to be here, Bindi. This is, uh, I'm very much looking forward to this. I have been looking forward to this for so many weeks, I just have to say. And uh, you're you're based in North Carolina right now and it's, it's late night here in Brisbane, but I am so happy to connect with you. And uh, we've just had an amazing chat and I can just tell everyone that our connection has been incredible so far. Thank you very much. And I absolutely agree with that, you know. Um, in the work that we're going to talk about mm. today, there isn't an hour on a 24-hour clock mm. that I haven't been helping somebody somewhere in the world. And, um, you know, and that's just what it is. If you're going to do something, uh, be the best at it. And so uh, true. that's what we're doing. Yes. You know? Yes. Be the best at what you do. Now, um, Terry, can you tell us about your background 
and what you do because when I read your bio, I just knew I had to talk to you. So can you please tell us your story? Well, thank you. Yes. Uh, You know, um, I was born and raised uh, in the Pacific Northwest of the the United States in the Rocky Mountains, basically, Mm. in and around them. And I was raised to believe that I was a fourth-generation Irish-American white boy. Mm. And at age 46, I found out that I'm I'm Native American. And that that fact was kept kept away from me and my brother uh, until uh, we were grown up to so that we did not face the prejudice of, of being a minority in America. And um, that was good because that was very, very beneficial. The problem with that was is the only four people in the world that knew that uh, all died before they could tell us, except for one, my father's father. So the, the secret got passed on to my brother, which then passed it on to me right away. Uh, just before he died. So it's pretty, pretty amazing how we found that out and um, how that had that knowledge has changed uh, who I am and where I'm going in the world. Because uh, Bindi, when I found out that I was Native American, it just Mm. fit. It just like, wow, that answers so many questions of, of my upbringing and my philosophies in life in the world and, and my relationship uh, with what I am all, all am I, God, mm. Yehuda, whatever we want to talk, talk yeah. call that. Uh, and so uh, from then, uh, my 20 years in the Navy uh, gave me the opportunity to see most of the world except for the, the Pacific region. Oh. And um, uh I have not regretted that. It has been beautiful. My daughter uh, was born on the island of Puerto Rico. Wow. And I've seen everything from basically the um, all of the North Atlantic from the equator to the North Pole and uh, uh, up and in and around uh, uh, what's now uh, the Netherlands and Mm. Sweden and all over there and all through the Mediterranean, North Africa. Uh, I've just been blessed to meet and learn a lot about a lot of people. And it's, it's been a wonderful journey so far. Yeah. And so when I read your bio, Terry, um, it mentioned that you were on a very high level of building. And I was, you were going to make a very rash decision, but something told you not to. Can you tell us about that? Yes. Back in late 2009, I was done with the world. I was divorced. Um, The woman I was living with at the time, we were doing okay, but not, it wasn't going forward. Yeah. Um, I I got to a point where I went up on the the 28th floor on the roof of of our condo building, Mm. uh, stood on the edge of the roof, one step to go perfectly calm like I am right now. Yeah. I was done. I hope my daughter understands. But I was it. That was it. I was done. And there's nobody up there. And all of a sudden, just as I'm starting to make my move, uh, a voice behind me, call it divine intervention or whatever you want to call it out there, folks, uh, the voice clearly said, turn around, I have work for you. And I turned around as if there was somebody standing there and there was nobody there, but it didn't surprise me. I said, okay, 
Somebody's got work for me to do. And I walked off that roof and I never came back. Within three months, I had uh, developed what is now called repetitive behavior cellular regression. Yeah. Which is a question and answer sequence that, that finds amnesic memories in early childhood. Now, I have no, no psychological or behavioral health background. Mm. I've, I've been a salesman most of my life. And like I said, a sailor. So um, finding this was a byproduct of helping somebody in Australia. Go so interesting. Really? Over Skype, yeah, um, as a Stephen minister. Stephen ministry is an international non-denominational ministry yeah. for people in crisis. Yep. Normally, uh, it's man-to-man, woman-to-woman, to woman, but because they're, you get very close. Yep. So uh, uh, that can be a problem. But I figured since we were two continents away, that was all going to be okay. So okay. I, I, I decided to work with this woman when she asked me. And after about three months, we just weren't really getting anywhere. One night, I just had this hunch. Just, it was very strong. And I asked her to close her eyes and, and tell me what you smell, if anything, other than what you, you're aware of in, in, in the apartment there where she yeah. was living. And she closed her eyes and she popped them open right away. And she said, oh, my God, there's, I smell gas. And I go, okay, it's probably natural gas, but let's fit, find out. So is this gasoline, diesel, what do you got? And she says, no, natural gas. There must be a fire. This is an all-electric building. Mm. And I go... Something tells me that you smell gas at the exact moment that I ask you for something to smell. Mm. Do you smell the gas right now? Well, no, I don't. And I go, okay, we might have something here, my friend. How about closing your eyes, taking a few deep breaths, and just relax. And, and tell me when, when, you know, you, when you relaxed again. And so she did. And she told me, okay, I'm, I'm, I'm okay now. And I said, good. See if you can smell the gas again. And she did. Mm. And I go, wow, that's cool. Now do me a favor. Go back in your memory and find a memory where you smell that gas. And Bindi, she did in almost like a second. And I said, cool. Five senses. Smell is the number one trigger for memory recall. Mm. Uh, That's that's a known fact in behavioral health. And so I... I said, okay, we've got, I think we've got something here. Tell me what else you smell in this memory. So over the course of about three months at about three to five hours a week, yeah. uh, we created this question and answer sequence using the five senses yeah. as opposed to the normal memory recall uh, that psycho behavior uh, uh, works with. Yeah. So Behavioral health, uh, EMDR, modalities, all that kind of stuff work with pretty well with known memories. We do not. Okay. And when we ask someone to to find a memory, one of three, we we go through three hours worth of of this with the eyes closed, Mm -hmm. uh, like you and I are talking right now, right here on Zoom. And uh, when you get there, though, I want you to freeze frame the memory into a photograph. Here's the key for you guys that are listening in. There's no motion, therefore there's no history, there's no emotion of the, of the memory. It's not a good memory, it's not a bad memory, it's mm. simply a memory. And what that does is that disconnects this deflection system I'm going to talk about in a minute. Mm-hmm. And um, so the person can stay completely calm and out of emotion 
for three hours without hypnosis or anything like that and describe the memories using, in a very specific way, their five senses. And uh, after we get through three memories, in the back of that third memory, we're in early childhood and we're in the back uh, entrance to an amnesic memory that occurred of high emotional value uh, back in early childhood. And as we know about amnesia, amnesia is nothing broke. It's a protection system. Mm. So uh, there's no disease there. There's nothing broken. It's just a memory that's being protected. Well, it's the job of amnesia to protect you no matter what from coming back to that memory. So as you get older, uh, it, it learns the same way you do. A, B, C, D, E, F, G. Two plus two is four. That's mm. lineal thought, lineal learning. So it deflects and protects you using lineal thought. Well, when we're working with an alternate neural pathway and we're using the five senses, we're in abstract thought. Doesn't mm. know how what to do with that, okay? Because it's never worked with abstract thought at it for any point in time. So um, here's the key. Uh, anyone, when they get into that memory, it's like it happened two minutes ago. Yeah. And here, and the most important thing is the face of the person who created that highly emotional event. So what they do then is out loud, we want their human ears to hear uh, them chew out that person and tell them what they've done to their life for the last 30, 40 years yeah. or whatever, however old they are. Our oldest client was 74 years old going through the process. And our youngest one has been 16 with PTSD. Wow. And um, when they're done, all of the repetitive behaviors that, that drive them over and over and over again yeah. shut off. The memories are still there, but there's no emotional attachment. And most importantly, Bendy, no repeat memories. They, can, oh, they stop amazing. thinking over and over and over again about yeah. what that's going on there and anywhere else uh, where there's other memories that they listen to all the time. So I thought I'm a lifelong self-sabotager. I would get great success, yeah. self-sabotage myself, get fired or, or screw up some way or another. Right. Uh, that didn't happen in the Navy because I changed bosses or, or duty stations every three or four years. So, <laughs> you know, I never got in trouble. Yeah. But out, out here in, in the civilian world, that happened over and over and over again. Well, yeah. I've, I've always believed that there's something back there doing this. Mm. It's not me. Yes. And, and so this proves uh, what uh, the, the famous psychiatrist uh, Sigmund Freud was trying to mm. prove uh, 130 years ago uh, that a person's adult behavior was driven by something mm. happened in early childhood. So Absolutely. We yes. And we, we have uh, for the first 30 days, because we work with them for 30 days, uh, not every day, but I, there's, a, there's a sequence. Mm. Uh, that uh, we can stop that behavior by helping them self-repattern themselves not to do that anymore. Wow. So they no longer have those behaviors or those thoughts. I had a combat veteran come to me uh, one night on the phone, uh, and he told me he had a loaded Glock at at his head. And if I can't help him, he's done. And I said, well, that's fine, brother. I'm I'm the vet too. Mm. Make the weapon safe. Put it on the floor beside you because you're not going to use it. And get up, come up on Skype, and and let's talk and let's get started here. Four hours later, we found what was driving these suicidal thoughts and neutralized it. 
And that's been six years ago, and he's never had another suicide uh, ideation event occur. Six years. And here's the, here's the kicker, my friend. He no longer owns any guns. There are no weapons in his house. Oh, Terry. Isn't that beautiful? Terry. And that's, it happens to us every week all over the world. We have 48 people uh, who do this now mm. in seven languages on five continents. Wow. Yeah. So uh, we're a very wide organization. We're mm. not tall. And I mean, I want it that way because yeah. I want the people out there on the street doing the work to make the money. Mm. Okay. I'll teach them how to do it. Yep. I get my money there. And now you go out there and you do the good work in the world. So that's what, that's what we do. And, and, you know, my mission in this world is, is to bring this to everybody all over the world. Cause I believe that about 80% of the urbanized population in the world could use some form of what we call the CR process. Oh, yes. So, so true. that's what I, that's what I do. <laughs> Terry, like seriously, if anybody could have seen my face as you were telling that story, seriously. Um, oh, God, I went through all of those emotions with you and I was like, yes, yes, oh, my God, yes. <laughs> um, yeah. I have family members who um, are going through PTSD from being in the Army and um, I think they really need to talk to you. Because, um, you know, there's stuff that goes down in, in, in a battle zone that they never talk about. And I think that's something that needs to become a kind of a normal conversation. And, not, you know, it's not something everyone wants to talk about, but it's something everybody needs to know about. And yeah. you and your background in the Navy and where you've come from, you are standing on a, a, on a high story building ready to end your life and you got that message and do you still get those messages now like different kinds of messages that guide you to make decisions in what you do and how you direct your life um i like to say it comes from the place of of, of center yeah um you know i um i meditate every day yeah only for a one or two minutes because mm. I, I am in complete connection with myself when I do that. Yeah. Be happy to tell you how to do that here on this, on the program. But, um, I know that my purpose is a higher purpose and, um, it doesn't go with any one religion or any one thought process or yeah. anything like that. This is for everybody. Mm. And, uh, I've been a helper all my life and now I know why. That was getting me ready for this journey. And um, I, had, I had to experience standing on that roof. Uh, like I'm in my mind right now, I can, I can see the, the street below. Yeah. And uh, there's no emotion there. I'm not emotionless. There's emotions in my life. Yeah. I get upset like everybody else does. And um, the, the key to it is... I've been there, done that, so that people can relate to me when they call. Mm -hmm. And um, sometimes when they call, they'll they'll ask, "Is there a, a woman I can talk to?" And I say, "Sure, you can mm -hmm. talk to me first. And then if 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 you would like to go through the CR process with a woman, I got a whole bunch of them. 
Yeah. You know, 97% of my clients are, are women. Right. Uh, I've got to say female because there was a 16-year-old. She wasn't quite a woman yet, but yeah. she was close. Um, and 97% of my practitioners around the world, including uh, my master practitioners, are, are women as well. Mm-hmm. I think women are a little bit more in, um, likely to go through the process mm. and because the key here is being at that point of enough is enough. Like me on the building, <laughs> enough is enough. I stop. Yeah. And so when people contact us, they have self-sabotage, um, uh, weight issues, uh, drinking, uh, you know, the list goes on and on and on, you know, I'll get in a conversation with somebody and, and I'll say something like, you know, I wish I could work with somebody who's an alcoholic because I'll bet you I can make a 13th step in their program. Because yeah. the majority of the people who go through AA, they don't they don't make it. No. And and so I believe, and and the people who are alcoholics that that have been through this program with us also absolutely believe we're step one because yeah. we go back and find the driver mm. that, that makes the rest of the behavior happen. Yeah. So that is massively important. And as you can tell for you folks that are listening in right now, I've got one of those voices that that is soothing mm. and it's easy to listen to. Yeah. And so when people call, uh, I, I'm able to calm them down really mm. quite fast because the, the moment that we start talking, we have the heart to heart conversation <clears throat> and there's nothing more powerful than that and yeah. reinforcing. Right. Yeah. So uh, you you call yourself the evolutionary healer, Terry. Right. And, and I have uh, to... the com- the company evolutionary is the eve of evolution, mm. the eve of illumination. That means we're about to step up into something brand new that's never been done before. Yeah. And most of our company, we have four divisions. Most of our company, that's exactly what we do. And healer. Uh, a lot of people think, okay, the word healer, okay, is a woo-woo or whatever. Mm. And that's not true either. The definition mm. of healer is to stop the wound mm. or to heal, you know. And so whatever that wound is, is is where we go. And so evolutionary healer was born based on that premise. The new, something new is going to Help all of the people, like I talked about earlier, come together as one people again because we're going to take care of all that divisive thoughts and things that that folks go through. Yeah, and I think it's um, completely appropriate that you're here on the ethical evolution uh, because uh, we're all about uh, collective change. And um, if anybody's heard my story, uh, it's all about, um, you know, healing and um, having that collective change. So I have, uh, as many people know, I've done um, a lot of work in the last year with um, a sound healer and, um, yeah, a lot of energy healing. And so we're, we're very much on the same page and uh, uh, that's why I'm so excited to have you with us today. But um, I want to know if you can tell us about some of the people that you've helped and the difference that you've made? Immediately, one person comes to mind who mm-hmm. was referred to me by her brother-in-law who came through the sort of, uh, been through the process and, and was starting to, uh, the training to become a practitioner. Right. She was a person that had a Facebook page with no photo on it. Mm. 
Um, if you looked at all the photos in there, uh, they're all family photos of doing different things, but you never saw her face mm. anywhere. Right. Okay. And her life was one of repeated victimization. Mm. Okay. Um, to a point where even people at work all of her life, she was in her early fifties, I think when, when we started working with her, um, would pick on her all the time, right. you know, and, and, uh, she walked around with victim energy because it's the only thing she knew yeah. all of her life. This is, this has been her life. Uh, her brother-in-law, uh, always told her, I don't believe that mm. you're a great person. And I, 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 I just know there's something back there. That's that's doing that. And she says, well, I've been to psychiatrists, psychologists, various modalities, uh, psychotherapists. Uh, nobody can fix me. Nobody, nobody can do it. So, well, you, you see the difference in me now, don't you? Yeah. Because he had he was an ER nurse right. and he had severe co uh, complex PTSD from working in the oh, ER. Yeah. Yeah. He had to quit. Yeah. He, he was on full disability. And went through our process, and now he's fully functional. And he's not in the ER anymore. He's um, doing doing other things. But uh, she said, "You know what? I I want to talk to this guy." And so we got together on the phone, and within just a couple of minutes, she interrupted me and she says, "When can we start?" <laughs> I, you're such a, a a great person to talk to, and my brother-in-law hold you in such high regard i know this is the right thing for me so when can we start and so we scheduled uh, the cr session the three-hour session and we found something that happened to her when she was just a few months old wow uh, where um you know at that age you you're aware of what's mm -hmm. going on in the world and you have kind of a feeling of right and wrong but you don't know how to do anything mm -hmm. with it and you have no language skills, so you can't tell mom and dad something just happened, right? Uh, so that was that was amazing for her to to become this victim, okay? Mm -hmm. And the the person that victimized her did it a few more times, mm -hmm. uh, and and so it was it was a terrible thing. Mm -hmm. And we found it. She neutralized it, neutralized him and can uh, now move on with her life. And the people in her life around her who's always victimizing her just magically stopped. Yeah. It just, mm. her boss stopped picking on her and giving her Shift. a hard time. Coworkers, mm. um, you know, different people in her life. It just stopped. It, yeah. doesn't, it wasn't like she became an extrovert all of a sudden. Yeah. She's still that basic introvert, uh, uh, lovely personality. Uh, it's just that she was no longer throwing off this victimization energy. And after a few months, uh, her boss called her into his office one day and he says, you know, you've just been doing amazing for the last yeah. few months. What's changed about you? Yeah. You know, we're always having to pick up after you. And here the last few months, you've been just doing this amazing job. We're so glad you're here. What is, what is the success you're doing? You know, yeah. you smile all the time. Yeah. What are you doing? Yeah. And and she told him, hey, I work with this guy and blah, blah, blah. And and it's amazing. Uh, and and here's the key for everybody that's listening in. Right. Her profile photo on uh, Facebook 
you know, there's this happy, smiling face now. Yeah. And there's new photos over the last five years. It's been five years yep. of her at, at family events and see her face and she's in the middle of the picture. Okay. Yes. That's the difference yes. of, of leaving a life of, of sadness and, and disbelief and victimization to a life of, of contribution and love and, and being able to receive love. Oh, Terry, I feel like I want to tear up. I feel like I want to clap. <laughs> I feel like I want to like, jump up because um, it's like you tell my story. Oh, that's sweet. Um, honestly, um, I'm not going to tear up. <laughs> um, I went through the same thing. And, um, yeah, completely different for me. Mm-hmm. Let's not cry on podcast. <laughs> um, but wow, Where, how did you go from like wanting to end your life to changing other people's lives? A voice told me to turn around and I had work for you. But, right? but how did you get the, how did you end up being equipped to doing that for other people? Where did this energy come from for you? Well, when you leave the binds of all of the things that that you feel can go wrong in life and you step forward and you have a reason to step forward, because I started this journey and perfected this to fix me, but nobody, you can't do it to yourself. You can't go through the secrets yourself. It doesn't work. So you have to find somebody who will go through it uh, with you. And I tried a couple of practitioners that, and it didn't work because I know all the tricks, okay? And I teach them. And uh, finally, I, I got somebody uh, who I trained to be a master because she's exceptional. There's five of them now that are this way that can teach others. Mm-hmm. Uh, and she didn't do the rules like you're supposed to and tricked by, took me through it and my wife, uh, who's helped me develop this, through the CR process and found what's been driving us. And uh, from there, um, you know, it's one thing to help somebody, mm-hmm. certainly another to teach them how to do it. Yeah. But when they, when they can fix you, your life is, is it's amazing. I, the, the memory in question that was driving my behavior was at four months old. Uh, I, I could smell the woman. I, I could see around the room. I could hear her talk to me. It was like it was real time. And, um, you know, it's one thing for your, your clients to tell you that, but it's a, a completely other thing to experience yourself. Wow. Just yeah. wow. And, and from that, man, this gets me up every day. My yeah. wife often says, you ought to do a CR session every Monday morning because you're flying for a week. And I go, yeah, <laughs> I love that. Because it's such a beautiful thing to, to watch somebody in pain when you first start working with them. And three hours later, here's this beautiful person that has none of the stuff that they've dealt with for the last 30, 40 years. Yeah. None of it. Yeah. You know, it's not a bad byproduct either because they usually look about 10 years younger. <laughs> yes. And quite a few pounds lighter than yes. a lot of them, myself included. Um, and... The, the profound connection to themselves and their ability to love is, mm. is quite, quite beautiful to watch. 
And that's that's the big thing, Terry, I think, with healing is that, um, you know, once you understand yourself and who you are and, um, you know, you just you just let go of all this weight that you've been carrying all these decades and yeah. you understand how to, <laughs> how to be a human pretty much and, and how to be yourself. You get in connection with yourself and your own energy and how that works. I think that is invaluable, you know, and I think anybody mm-hmm. who's over the age of 30, you really need to really invest in your own healing because um, it is going to change the rest of your life. Yeah, you know, we're all born with no register established personality. And yes. as we age, we become witness to various stimuli mm. that affects the way we look at this world and how we will act and react in it, okay? When you go through the CI process, you're reconnected to the original personality before the filters started coming in. Mm. And let me tell you, I have yet over 140 clients, I have yet to find somebody who didn't like that cool person. because uh, every piece of your being, every essence of your body is connected again. Yes. And, you know, sometimes I have a a client go into the bathroom, look in the mirror and and, and tell them to introduce themselves Mm. because they don't know that person. I've never seen him before. That's it. And when they do that, they, they just come back and they've got this glow on. It's like, Oh, Oh my God, Terry. Wow. (laughs) Yeah, it's so true. When you've had that healing, like you, uh, it's like, it's like you reverse in age, you go back in time and you rediscover who you really are. But I have to ask you, Terry, like what has been your biggest challenge in the work that you do and how have you overcome it? Well, um, I, in the marketing world, there's there for probably 40 years now, there's a, the, the reference of a box, in a box, out of box, whatever. I've never recognized the box. I do not recognize a box. There is no box. Yeah. I'm, I'm all over the place with thoughts. And so um, I'm, I'm a good speaker. I've spoken to 2,700 people before. Yeah. So live, okay? And so uh, for those of you listening, i got a nice voice. So people like to listen to me. And I knew that uh, when Evolutionary Healer was first formed, uh, we were going to coach uh, health and wellness professionals. And the first thing we were going to do is take them through the process because we wanted to ensure their success. And that's how this all, all started, really. And, and so we speak on, from the stage a lot. I'm the voice of the company. And that's where we get a lot of our people right. uh, and referrals from people who've been through the process. Um, This year, uh, we get to look at that a little bit differently. Here I am speaking on uh, as many interviews as I can because my seven gigs that uh, I was gonna speak at this year are canceled. Yeah. Okay, so what am I gonna do about that? Because I teach my people and my clients what's coming up in the future as possible future business doesn't count till it hits your bank account. Yeah. So you don't have any money that you've lost out there by losing a speaking event or anything like that because you never went. It's just not there. Yeah. So what are you going to do now differently? So we do 100% of the CR process over Skype and Zoom, okay? 
So working on LinkedIn, getting guests on Spot a Guest and, and all of those types of things gets the word out. Let's me speak. And and the people who are looking for me, they'll find me. Then and the my people, they find my people too. Mm. Okay. So so that's that's really how we do that. You just keep thinking of new ways to to uh, bring in clients. We we go from vision. We have a vision to take care of 80% of that urbanized world I was talking about earlier. That's the vision. Mm -hmm. And it's like going to grandma's house. Every so often you got to stop and get gas and get food and put the kids in the restroom and those kinds of things. It's a journey. Yeah. Okay. And it's certainly not a guided tour. So Terry, I've got to ask you, what is your advice for people who are struggling at the moment in our current climate? You know, at the moment we're all facing uh, this terrible virus that is impacting the world. Um, what what advice would you give to people who are trying to, you know, get out there and and, and be a voice and be a name um, for their business? Same way, I, well, I had a discussion about this uh, on a Zoom conference the uh, day before yesterday with some people. Uh, and that is, you know, do videos. Yeah. You know, LinkedIn, uh, Facebook, uh, Twitter, Instagram, whatever. Yep. But don't do big, long, boring videos. <laughs> do three to five minutes of a particular teaching that you would like somebody to know that you do mm-hmm. and put it out there. And then, you know, a day or two later, you'll see a subject of, of, of where people are talking about having a problem with something that you fix, do another video. Yep. And guess what? You're going to screw them up at first. It's okay. Yeah. You know, um, I there. I don't think there's a single video of the 200 or 300 whatever videos I've done where there isn't a mistake in there, and I leave it in because yeah. I'm human, and yeah. I want people to know that I'm human. Yes. Like last Saturday was a really good example. You know, I'm the guy that everybody looks for for all these cool ideas and all that kind of stuff. Well, I was having a bad day. Well, yeah. guess what? I'm entitled to have bad days. So <laughs> I made a post both on Facebook and, and LinkedIn. You know, I'm having a bad day. Yeah. Today sucks. I just don't really want to do anything. But I know that I'm going to get some love if I send it out. So mm. everybody out there reading my post today, I'm sending you love, unconditional. Just, just enjoy it. Boy, the response. <laughs> oh, my God. It was amazing. People I don't know mm. were sending love and, and hanging in there and blah, blah, blah. And it's like, good. People know I'm human, okay? Because we're all human. We're all on a journey of our own making. And it's okay to be fallible. Mm. So, you know, you're, you're sending a message out to somebody who's fi- trying to find you. Keep sending the message out so they can find you. And that's it. You know, I think um, in my experience in a very long time of being involved in social media and in corporate environments, I think the most success we have is when we're being relatable with humans. And the moment you're being real is the moment that you're connecting and engaging. And if you can show your flaws, I think that is really, really important. And now, Absolutely. more than ever, I think is really the key time to do that. 
Yeah, it's like you and I right now. We're connected soul to soul. I mean, this is yeah. pure conversation, you yeah. know, and, and there's nothing wrong with that. You know, mm. being open and, and uh, vulnerable to, to another person uh, doesn't mean we're going to fall in love and, and, and get married or anything. <laughs> it just means that you can have a soul to soul, a heart to heart connection. Yeah. And you know what, folks? It feels really good when you do that. It does. It so does. So, Terry, I have to ask you, what does it mean to you to be ethical? Everything. Mm. Without trust, what do you have? Mm. You know? Um, Does uh, everybody lie in some way or another? Absolutely, they do. When you're feeling like crap and somebody says... So how's it going today, Terry? Oh, I'm having a good day. Thanks for thanks for asking. That was a lie. Mm. You know, we all lie one way or another. Yes. The, but when you stop to think about, can I help the person that I'm talking to? Mm. Why lie? You know, like, um, you know what, Bendy, today sucks. Mm. But you know, talking to you, it's probably going to get better. Thanks for talking to me. <laughs> Thank right you now. so much, Terry. What is what does that do to Bindi? Mm. Bindi goes, "Wow, that's so nice. He's having a bad day, and I get to help him." Yeah. And, and I reached out because I'm the one that's having the shit day, and and I want him to help me, but he just did. Oh my god! Right? Authenticity mm. is really the basis of who we are from the moment we're born, and well, if you go through the CR process, certainly you're connected back to that original person who doesn't know how to lie, only love. Yeah. Oh, God, I love that. So um, what are your future plans in, in the work that you do? Keep going. Keep going. Keep going. Yeah. You know, uh, we've aligned ourselves with the U.S. government. They, they don't want to try us out yet because we're radical. Right. Uh, we're not traditional behavioral health. I'm not a PhD and I'm not a t- associated to a medical center. So they're very hesitant to, to do any work with us. I keep telling them, prove me wrong. Do a, <laughs> do a research project with me and prove me wrong yeah. because you're not going to do it. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, just keep talking to people. There is going to be a break point, mm. you know, uh, business world, we hear about that point where you just keep going and going and going, and all of a sudden you hit you hit good wind, and off you go. Yeah. Uh, and it's it's coming. You yeah. know, it may not be me who gets there. It may be one of my proteges. But so far, it's they're a small enough group. They've all been handpicked by me. <laughs> but there's going to be a point sometime in the future where everybody in my class is. I don't know. And that's going to be a beautiful thing. But you're creating a legacy, I think, is yes. uh, the key thing. So yeah. you can yeah, pay absolutely. that forward. So uh, how can people uh, find out more about what you do, Terry? The easiest thing to do, my name is Terry Earthwind. That's my tribal name. Terry Earthwind Nichols. Google it and you can find out everything. My websites, YouTube channels. Uh, social media pages, anything you want. And if you if you want to know more about what we've been talking about with the CR process, Google the CR process, and you'll get our webpage. You know that uh, 
for people who like to read a lot about something before making the decision, on the CR button of the page there, there's white papers that, that I've published for the military and first responders and things like that. It goes into a lot of detail about how the process works. Enjoy. And then when you're ready, the contact page is right there. Send us an email and we'd be happy to talk to you. So, Terry, do you um, have global clients or are you more locally based? Oh, we're all over. Uh, um, as I mentioned earlier, we're on five continents, mm-hmm. 13 countries, 26 U.S. states. Uh, the CR process is available in seven languages right okay. now uh, and, and getting ever bigger. And the reason why it's so easy is because it's right here on Zoom, mm. Okay. Um, we do still do some Skype, uh, not as much anymore. Zoom is, seems to be a better platform because we want to watch the person as we're going through this. Because like I mentioned earlier, they do certain things with their head movement and stuff like that, even though they're fully calm, that can give us indicators of stress yeah. uh, that, that we're looking for as, as they're going through it. Mm-hmm. So a person who could be eyes closed, well, you can't see that on the audio right now, but their eyes closed. Mm. telling me what all they smell in a, in a memory. Mm. And at the same time, they're tensing up. Mm. So there's something else there that, that we need to pay attention to. And, and we do. So that's why we can do this anywhere in the world. Excellent. So, you know, if someone here in Brisbane uh, wants to be involved, they can. And uh, you, you actually look for those visual clues as well as, you know, audio. Right. My first client was uh, Adelaide. Oh, kind of far so you away. you started you, it all. <laughs> there you go. It all comes from down under, Terry. Um, so my last biggest question for you is uh, one I ask of every guest on the Ethical Evolution, and um, I'm super keen to hear yours because uh, I think it's going to be pretty amazing. What's the change you'd like to see in the world and how can we bring it to life? Doing it right now, coming together. <laughs> yes. No longer, war is no longer a viable option. War is not mm. a, what it's all about. Peace, um, you know, the majority of the world is in peace right now. So we don't get to hear that. Yes. Because that's not stuff that makes news. But this is um, a 40,000-year-old story that's coming true uh, about the time when all of the people, what, what is known by indigenous cultures as the four nations, red, white, black, and, and brown, are coming together as one people again in the way they were when they started out millions of years ago. So this is that time, and it's happening. You know, in cosmic time, it's already here. Mm. In earth time, it may be 10 more years, it may be 50, maybe 100, so what? You know? It's coming. There, what I'm, what I'm told um, is children being born in this century will, see, will be the first people to see true world peace. Oh. That's powerful. Yeah. Because the majority of them are going to well, live well over 100 years. Mm. Right? That's it, Terry, because like I, I have said on so many podcast episodes that, um, you know, teenagers and, and, and young or, or youths in our, um, you know, 
communities. I think um, the world is in a better place with them and they have a completely different energy and a different mentality and the way they look at the world and they want to engage in resources and things like that. I just think that, um, you know, this is a time for them to make radical change in the way the world exists. Agreed. Absolutely. Mm. And I am so lucky, I have to tell you, I have to tell you this little story. Um, I actually have a 14-year-old nephew. His name's Jack and he is actually an intern here at the Ethical Change Agency and he works with me on weekends and um, absolute genius, this kid. Um, But the conversations I have with him are just as profound as I'm having with you right now and it is incredible. So I think there is a new wave coming and I think this ethical evolution starts at the young age but it also starts with us right now. Absolutely. And, and you got it spot on. The next higher up level of evolution has begun. Mm. The, the ability is not that far away for, for that point in time where we can click into um, – uh, telecommunicate or how do mm. we call it uh, mind-to-mind communications yeah it's not that far off and these kids are amazing mm. you know you see videos of of little toddlers playing amazing instruments and mm. things you know and um they're not freaks they're the norm exactly they're the new norm it's know? exactly and it's they've been time. they've been it's washed funny. of all this conditioning that we have had and they're free to be themselves. And I think that is where the power lies, you know, like when you let go of all this conditioning and all the crap that we're laid with when we're young. I mean, we're born perfect mm-hmm. and then we're conditioned into this 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 being that um, really um, is not meant to be that way. And I think the no. moment that they let go of that and be themselves and be real and be true – that's where we have true change. Yes, agreed. Oh, nice. that was that was profound, wasn't it? Huh? That just yeah. that just came. That's right a writer through. downer. <laughs> <laughs> Glad you're recording. <laughs> oh, Terry, it has been an absolute joy to connect with you um, from the other side of the world, and I have to thank yes. you for being part of the ethical evolution. Thank you very much. This was great, Bindi, and maybe we can do it again sometime on another subject. Oh yeah, are you, I'm so in. We we, we got to do more. This is not over. Yes, I agree. <laughs> Thanks for listening to the Ethical Evolution podcast. If you're an ethical business owner, change maker, or holistic healer who's determined to make a change in the world, and you need support to spread your message, visit ethicalchangeagency.com to collaborate. Welcome to Tuning Into Sound Wellbeing, where we harmonise your mind, body and soul. I'm Amanda, your sound therapy expert. And I'm Stephen, the curious explorer uncovering the mysteries of sound. Together we explore vibrations, frequencies and the power of sound therapy and tuning forks. Discover ancient wisdom, reduce stress and tune into a healthier life. Subscribe to Tuning Into Sound Wellbeing today. 
Hey, it's Tim from 50 Years of Music with 50-Year-Old White Guys, the comedy podcast you had no idea you needed. Join Ben, Jeff, and me as we continue our musical road trip back through the years and around the globe. See, just when you thought all white guys were like Joe Rogan, you come across three educators trying to remember when we were cool. 50 Years of Music with 50-Year-Old White Guys. Electric Electric acid.